the UK's largest kids' activities directory, helping you find clubs and activities for newborns to 18 years. Visit our website www.clubhubuk.co.uk or download our free app on the App Store or Google Play. This episode is sponsored by Karis Keneally, who helps children's activity and service providers to approach schools and nurseries without cold calling so they can grow their business with confidence and have a bigger impact on children's lives. You can get in touch with Karis via her website, www.karisconeely.com. My name is Tessa Robinson and welcome to the Club Hub podcast, bringing you all the latest news and stories from the kids' activities industry. Today we are talking to Sue Laidlaw from Laidlaw Education. Sue spent 10 years teaching in both the state and independent sector, accumulating in several significant senior management roles. She founded Laidlaw Education in 1992 and continues to head the team. She is Director of Education for the Junior Tennis Foundation and FC Tennis Academy at Duke Meadows. Hello, Sue. How are you? Hi, Tessa. I'm fine. Thank you. Great. So where are you from? Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in the suburbs of London, so not very exciting, really, but it was much greener than it is now. And... um, my I did my training in Oxford so I had a fabulous four years in Oxford which is my second home really. Amazing what did you study at Oxford? We well it was psychology and education so more of the same really. Amazing so um, tell me a bit more about um, working in the state and the independent sector is that where you kind of started learning teaching children really? Absolutely, yes. So I had uh, 10 years of teaching in different schools, which I love. And um, well, they were all different. They were all different and interesting in different ways. And the children, children are children regardless. But um, the, yeah, it's just fun, Uh, whatever, whether, whether it was independent or state, doesn't really matter. It was all sort of interesting experiences. Great. And was that for primary aged children? Yes, very much primary. My, I, I was meant to be trained for children up to 13. So, but at that time they were primary, key stage one, key stage two. And as time's gone on and as my own children grew up, um, you know, things developed up right up the age groups. But at that time, my real first love was the, the children up to 11. Oh, and and do you think there's kind of a difference between the the state and the the kind of private kind of sector? Did you enjoy either one more or? <laughs> no, I didn't enjoy one or other more. They they are well. It being with children and teaching children should be the same. Whatever. I think there are fabulous schools in both sectors, and there are less good schools in both sectors, and. Um, at the end of it all you know each individual child is an individual child and they all you know learn in different ways so um i suppose the sort of serious differences are that um there the independent sector has a bit more money perhaps to to give more opportunities the class is a little bit smaller um and uh, maybe the facilities are better opportunities are a bit wider but it's um it 
that shouldn't really make a difference to what goes on in the classroom. Yeah, definitely. Is there a particular age that you love teaching? Is it the really little ones or is it more the older uh, ones? Well, I actually don't teach very often myself at all now. When I do it, I think, hmm, yeah, this is good, but I wouldn't want to do it that, you know, I love doing what I'm doing now and having my team and working with them and thinking of new ideas. But at the time, um, I, well, I started off teaching sort of uh, eight, nine, ten year olds. And then in my, one of my, my first job, my second job, uh, the head said, I want you to go right down and teach what will be reception now. Aww. And um, that was fun. And I was <laughs> free and single and that, uh, that time. So I spent the whole summer kind of, making things and doing all those sort of laminating practical things so um I did really enjoy that and it's such a privilege to be seeing those early developmental things that happen and learning to them learning to read so I loved that then but I've, I've I just love the variety really so I think it's really important that teachers in schools don't get too stuck in one age group and with the the uh, the people that I um, take on now on our team and and the the interviews that we have with those people, um, it's really interesting to see how they've been trained and people in uh, teachers who come from Australia, South Africa, actually have to um, it, when they're training do one part in very early years, one part in junior school, one part in senior school, and actually that makes them really rounded in how they yeah. approach things. So it's quite different from how UK teachers are, are initially taught to teach, as it were. Yeah, definitely. And I feel I feel children nowadays is that when they're so, the older ones, like the year five, year six, are so much more kind of grown up now that it, that it really is a huge difference from, um, from, it used to, from what it used to be, I guess. Although they're different, you, know, you get some who... My own children are really good examples of that. My eldest one, who was a very late summer birthday, born at the end of August, kind of seemed to be grown up from the minute she was born. And my little <laughs> one, who was a uh, December birthday, just loved playing with Lego and, and her, uh, dolls and all those things for ages and ages. So at the end of it all they're all just different really aren't they so yeah oh yeah so so how did you go from from all your teaching to starting your own business well I kind of didn't mean it to happen really um the uh <laughs> my antenatal so I so my 10 years in school was great my first daughter was born in um obviously after I, I took maternity leave and the uh, antenatal teacher said to me oh you're two weeks old the baby was two weeks old can you can you see my daughter to, to help her with her maths so that was sort of the beginning and uh, that was from literally from the kitchen table and my husband looked after the baby while I was doing that and then more people said can you do this and then I I worked with somebody else and then it just kind of grew and everything has grown and grown and grown and grown over decades and I think you get to a point where opportunities come to you rather than you look for opportunities so our, our sort of development has been very organic and a very 
interesting journey actually with lots of different things happening amazing so how many people do you have on your team now so we have um we're very much a team so we're not an agency or anything like that but we have 35 teachers on the team uh about that many and we're an llp which is um you know the way it's set up sort of legally means that um we have the opportunity for for many of those teachers most of those teachers actually to be sort of junior members of of our um our organization so that means that they can they're really invested in what they do and they can bring ideas and they it's just a sort of like a a big family really and that's <laughs> that's what we like <laughs> Oh, and do and do they all teach uh, all subjects or are some like specialists in certain fields? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So we we have um, different uh, sort of parts of what we do. And we have children who come after school just for 45 minutes or an hour. And those uh, teachers are either you know, basically primary school teachers for that, that age and senior school teachers to help GCSE children and um, people who've just gone to senior school who are finding subjects difficult to so their subject teachers. And then um, we have a whole um, facility during the daytime where we have children who come to us during the day. And so we have a whole, the complete range of subjects for them. And we also have a, a, a department or whatever you call it some i suppose a department which is uh, very much based on um or, or providing special needs support for children particularly with dyslexia dyscalculia and other associated specific needs and all those teachers are specifically trained to do that so and then some of them can do more than one aspect so it's quite a diverse um offering really Amazing. So you, do you have, um, so you say you have like a place everyone comes to you or do yes. your teachers kind of have, do the pupils go to their houses? How does that work? No. So I think agencies tend to um, offer the um, opportunity for people to go to houses. Uh, we see about 300 children a week. So we could, if we went to houses, we'd be running around everywhere. <laughs> so that yeah. doesn't work. But also we have fantastic beautiful classrooms uh, literally on the river thames well not on the river thames but by the river thames and so uh, people they come to us we've got amazing um resources there so uh, and the some of as i mentioned as you asked the some of we have a um children who come for days a few who are allowed there are all sorts of um legal reasons about what is a school and what is a school but we, we're allowed to have a limited number of children who come full-time so they come literally monday to friday and um and then some who come for one or two days a week so um and then they have the full sort of package of different uh, subjects and art and and um all sorts of things that go on for them wow so they kind of homeschooled kids i guess some of them are homeschooled. Uh, some of them come out of school uh, to sort of supplement what they need, and we work with the schools. Uh, some are, um, uh, as you might come on to this, but are, are 
athletes, uh, high performance athletes and tennis players and they're oh, out yeah. of school or they in the past they've been part in school part um, training. So we help to support them. And some of them have been at Wimbledon this week. So um, that's been very exciting. Now they're a bit older, we can see their tennis path developing. So that's been uh, exciting this week. Amazing. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that now. So you're Director of Education for the Junior Tennis Foundation and FC Tennis Academy at Duke Meadows. So yeah, That's tell me right. more about that. How did you get into that? Uh, well, by accident again. Everything's always <laughs> happened by accident. So um, one of my teachers ages ago, more way more than a decade ago, was on her way actually, uh, not to someone's house, but to go and teach in a, a boy in a as a one sort of one child in a different place and she went it was the first day and she accidentally went to the wrong place and that was she went to Duke's Meadows by the River Thames and uh, the uh, the director of tennis at the time bumped into her and said can I help you and she said yes I've come to teach a boy and he uh, he said well actually you're in the wrong place but funny <laughs> you, this should happen because we've been looking for um an education provider to be here for ages and we haven't found anyone we haven't found the right people blah 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 and uh, she said well you need to talk to Sue and off we went that was that but um that was the beginning a long time ago that's so much fun do you kind of ever get any free tickets to any events or anything <laughs> well, I always try <laughs> it's um uh occasionally but not very often really they're all too busy doing what they what they need to do but it's interesting to see their um their progression and a lot of the as they get older a lot of them go off to uh, train in american universities on uh, tennis scholarships and others choose to go through the sort of um the, the well equivalent of the wimbledon route junior wimbledon and and uh, um, a few of them make it through not all but a few of them but I think they enjoy it as they as they go along the the way towards that yeah well you're providing a fantastic opportunity for them it's it's great for them to to have that opportunity and then also have the amazing opportunity to provide to to you know teach all their education educational well, needs really yes and it's um it's it's actually sort of developed itself a bit more because the obviously the the pandemic saw lots of people has have seen lots of uh uh schools having to use online lessons and so on and uh just at the beginning just before the worst of the pandemic hit at the beginning of last year we set up the uh our own virtual academy laid law virtual academy so uh um that's been really good for the tennis players because when they're off in tournaments and so on that's a really good way for them to access lessons live lessons with their teachers and um, that's the way to go really I think as well amazing yeah that's that's so cool because that means that they can basically travel well hopefully travel wherever they need exactly. to travel to yeah and in <laughs> and fact they online They've been uh, tennis and um, other athletes have been allowed to travel, actually. So it, they haven't been as stopped as the rest of us going around in the past months. 
<laughs> lucky so, them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lucky, lucky mm. them. Um, so yeah, talking a little bit more about the pandemic, I guess, do you kind of feel that there's maybe a certain age group that I've missed out particularly? Have you have you kind of got a bit of a boost of a particular age group that are coming to you at the moment? Well, we're always really, really busy. And um, I think that, so I think there are two things that have happened really. They, during, when the schools were closed in the various times that they have um, been, some of the schools have had amazing support for the children. And I think other schools have managed less well. And so there were lots and lots of people who just wanted a bit of one-to-one and some TLC and some sort of help and support and mums and dads needed support as well. So there are a lot of people who needed something during those times. I think now people are, some some parents are feeling that their children have got a bit left behind. Um, But some of the schools have done amazing jobs and and actually it's been okay. but I think overall, um, the pandemic probably, well, it, different people have had different experiences. And actually for some children, they've absolutely loved learning that way. And it's been quite helpful to them on you know, counterintuitively. But I have um, had quite a few um, conversations with people who've got very young children, uh, almost preschool actually in nursery. Um, and I think some of their, those children have really lacked the, and lots of your, um, you know, your clientele will know this themselves, that they've, they've lacked having that wider circle of people to talk to and, and see and places to go. And, and I think that's withdrawn some of them. And at the other end, the, the sort of poor old exam takers who've gone through a bit of a bus patch, and I think they're, um, particularly the A-level um, uh, sort of uh, cohort are going to be very concerned that they will be able to sort of uh, get to the universities they want to. So I think in yeah. short, there have been people who've been absolutely fine and better than we think they were. And then there have been other situations where it's been really tough, regardless of age. Yeah. What about the kind of 11 plus type of age group? Because they didn't have to do SATs this year, did they? So have you still had the, the, the kind of the normal or, or more amount of, of, of that type of age group kind of? Because I think, yeah. how was it done this year? They did they, it was the teachers, wasn't it? They kind of um, set up the um, results really themselves. The SATs, well, they were, um, of course, most of the children weren't at school around that time anyway um the um the as with regards to sort of 11 plus sort of thing a lot of that that sort of time a lot of the children we see are for transition into independent senior school not yeah. all some of them it's just support and there were a lot of different ways that the schools tested them this year and that through the parents i'm not sure it's through the children into a a sort of a flat spin but I think it did make the parents very nervous but actually I think it all sort of has it will all settle down and um, you know we I think everyone we've all suffered in different ways to a greater or less that's something that we just have to kind of learn from and try and take the positives from 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So do to be honest, really, I think um, with I do kind of musical theatre classes and and to be totally honest, you're my main competition. <laughs> well, not, no, you, not. <laughs> not you as a business, um, but like tutors, tutors oh, in general. Oh. Do you do you kind of feel there's more I don't want to call them, but like pushy parents nowadays who kind of, you know, children aren't able to do maybe, you know, their dance classes or their whatever classes mm -hmm. that they want to do because their parents are so worried about their education they just want to get them a tutor yeah really another really good question i mean our my um mantra really is it shouldn't be one or the other children are children everybody's it's so important for our lives and for well-being and for the future that we all and children are no different do the things they love and in fact sometimes we say to people don't come to us you know don't come yet it's not you don't need to let them be children and it's something that is really important to me that that people don't there's a there's a whole industry uh, that goes on now about tuition and uh, I sort of slightly too old to be part of that new part <laughs> but we have the longevity of seeing what goes on and um they don't need to do hours and hours and hours of extra. we always want the children to be the best that they can be but we don't want to push them over so that they're you know getting into a school or being tutored up to an inch of their lives it's so important that they do their their musical theatre and their music and go for walks and climb trees and and get <laughs> yeah. bored actually it's really important to get bored and be creative and and it's so important so uh we always try and make sure that it is targeted tuition it is is fun for them and it does the job but it doesn't overtake the whole lives there are too many other things that have to add to the whole you know, to make people and make children the best that they can be so yeah. i hope i hope people other people think that and your children don't go off and don't do the things that they need to do my my uh, my sister was a ballet dancer so i grew up with her going off to ballet and tap oh. and all, all sorts of things all the time and you know we mucked around in the garden and all those things and that's what I wanted for my children and for all the children that you know come now to us yeah and do you, I guess a lot a lot of kind of the theme as well with children at the moment are kind of um, their mental health and their well-being and you know the amount of stress they've been through over you know the last 18 months but also in in recent years because of, of different things do you kind of have a lot more children who just kind of need a bit of a confidence boost I think that we do, but I think the biggest, um, the biggest sort of sector, if you like, that we see are um, the sort of um, young teenagers who really are managing to cope within um, a large school environment. And I think anxiety is a real issue at the moment. And I know this podcast is quite light so I don't want to sort of talk too much about that at the moment but I think that's um that is possibly the, the the sort of cohort and the age where it's become really apparent more so than it was before teenage years as we all know are 
a bit of a tough call <laughs> and yeah. lots of things to learn and get through and great fun but lots of sort of growing up to do and and kind of finding yourself and I think that makes it quite hard for them yeah it's it's different like I'm I'm only 28 but it's a completely different world to them now to when I grew up as a teenager I mean I had a a little Nokia phone which didn't have internet and I was only allowed to use it for my school journeys yeah yeah but now they've got they've got so they've got phones they've got internet they've got you know social media everything to do with that must it must be really hard do you kind of train at all on how to deal with those types of situations and how to help them we do. Um, our daytime children, as we call them, um, we have the time with them to be able to to try, hopefully sort of um, help them to kind of learn by example and to give them the confidence. But we also um, do some sort of interesting things about, um, I suppose in school it would be, be called PSHE, but all those things around well-being um, we have a, a teacher who is um, um, a, a yoga she's actually a, a primary school teacher but she she's also a, a very very good yoga teacher so though we we can't always do that but the, the whole sense of the whole person and the whole child and helping them to sort of learn and and develop their skills to take time outside and turn the phones off and all those things we, we don't preach at them but we hope we can sort of guide them in that as well because it's so important yeah oh it really is especially you know how things are kind of going at the moment with with the pandemic and, and everything like that they must be they must be so affected so um so what are your plans for the future sue so you've done all these online classes and everything do you have like anything else you kind of want to do well, I'm always open to these things that seem to sort of come up as, as it has along the journey all the all through the years of interesting opportunities. Um, I think we really want to um, make the, 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 the Laidlaw Virtual Academy something really fantastic online. Um, we've got a, a wonderful online platform and each teacher has their own sort of um, virtual classroom and that's all worked so well that I think we want to just get it out there and we've, we've had people from the other parts of the country and overseas who've, who've taken advantage of that but there are lots of really interesting um, avenues and opportunities that we can uh, develop on that so um, watch this space I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so is that done by google meets or do you have your own website who kind of does that the online kind of sector yeah, um, we we up? have an online platform with all sorts of other bits and pieces uh, to use but it has an integrated zoom so um but it's very protected so that everybody has their own sort of specific login and they can get in there and we can upload homework to them when if they need homework and so on all those things so it's a quite a, an interesting development oh sounds great sounds great yeah definitely something to work on as, as people are more open to to online classes um yeah. at the moment yeah um but yeah it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you sue and and hearing all about late law education uh, if there are any kind of parents or carers listening how can they get in touch with you where whereabouts are your is your kind of main center in in southwest london 
yes, we're based in Southwest London, but um, we have phone calls from all sorts of people all over the place and overseas. And um, as I say, you know, virtually we can we can do things. We do a lot. We give a lot of advice and um, and sort of support in that way. Um, and so yes, so it's either the just pick up the phone or um, get to us through the through our website, which is laidlaweducation.uk. Okay. Great, great. And do you have social media pages as well that people follow you on Facebook and Instagram and all those types of things? Yes, we would love people to follow us because, um, as everybody knows, it's a it's a gradual process, and yeah. you just need to sort of keep going and keep going to to have that exposure there. On our Instagram and and um, Facebook, we have. Um, lots of interesting things that are going on in the classrooms and also all the information about classes and and uh, courses and so on especially in for the summer coming up soon great so you often kind of holiday activities and summer camps we are yes and and again with our sort of our, our whole sort of uh, rule up to ourselves and to everyone else that you know it, it's effective learning interesting learning um and and creative as well so we've got lots of creative um ways of doing things which uh especially good in the summer because it's it can't be more of the same it's got to be a little bit different in the summer holidays yeah and i've and in southwest london you can you know go to the thames and you know do do stuff in richmond park and all those types yeah, of places absolutely yes yeah. <laughs> well um yeah it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you sue i have one last question and that Indeed. is um what is the best thing about being a kids activity provider well i suppose it has to be the children really doesn't it and um it's just i think for us it's um it's it's seeing them flourish you know it's not always all perfect and it's a journey for children or lots of things that they do but because it's sort of quite serious in a sense education in its sort of academic form is quite serious um it's uh it's and it's so important well, maybe not serious but important to um to parents and, and children um it's just helping them through those uh, challenges and seeing them flourish and go out with their heads held high and feeling better about themselves and I suppose that's the best thing and I never tire of these interesting things and ideas that keep popping into my head in the middle of the night so um, <laughs> I'll keep that going too. <laughs> Do you have like a little notebook on the, on the side so you don't forget what you've what you've dreamt about what you've thought about? Completely yeah or I get my phone which is completely what I shouldn't be doing with all the stuff I'm saying about phones but you know make a note you can't forget that what you know go for it in the, the next day and see whether it really makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly well yeah it's been fantastic so, uh, talking to you sue and yeah I, I wish you all the luck with the summer i think Thank um, you. hope lots of pe people get booking with all your summer holiday activities but also good luck with your online classes it's a fantastic opportunity for for so many different types of children Yes, and thank you, Tessa, for all the connections you make with different people. And you know, you're you're really um, what's the word? Uh, um, giving people <laughs> the opportunity to find out about all these new things. So thank you very much too. 
Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Sue. Well, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And yeah, we will see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. This episode is sponsored by Karis Keneally, who helps children's activity and service providers to approach schools and nurseries without cold calling so they can grow their business with confidence and have a bigger impact on children's lives. You can get in touch with Karis via her website, www.kariskeneally.com.